it's almost slightly condescending. I see this quite a bit. Oh, well, they were much better than I thought they were. Well, maybe your, your original starting point was wrong, not their ability. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal on what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, hey, welcome back. It's Clive Maloney here, and we are episode 32 of this Get Real About Business podcast. Thank you so much for being here. If you've been listening to these episodes up till now, massive thank you for coming back. And if you're new, a welcome. I hope you're going to stay. What we do here in the Get Real About Business podcast is we look at a topic, an issue, or, or something that is going to help you make traction in your business. This is all about growth. Last week, we heard from Kelly Beta. In fact, we've been getting lots of questions about that interview. We were speaking about GDPR, the new General Data Protection Regulations that come out May the 25th. If you missed that episode, then do go back and listen to that. It was a really great episode. Lots of uh, things being shared there by Kelly. And don't forget to check out the links. Obviously, you've got links there for Kelly, but also the links to the ICO website where there's lots of useful resources there to make sure that you are compliant with the new General Data Protection Regulations. So that was a really good interview, and I learned a fair bit myself there, actually. Now, before we get into the topic today, I want to give a shout-out to Silent Magic. Now, I know that sounds like a made-up name, but actually, Silent Magic is one of the people who reviewed the podcast on iTunes. I can only assume Silent Magic is the person's iTunes username. That's all that shows under the review. Five-star review. Thank you so much for leaving it. And they said... I love the fact that Clive's shows are really practical as well as really well thought out. It packs a punch with the quality of information being shared with well-considered guests. I like hearing a bit of banter as much as the next man, but Clive's approach is one that puts the business first. And to be perfectly honest, I like that. So thank you so much for the five-star review there. And if you'd like to be doing the same, if you think that we deserve a great review like that, I would love to see it. It really helps out the show please pop onto iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this and leave a review. The more ratings we get, the more we're going to get found, the more people benefit from what we're doing here. So thank you for doing that. And if you'd like to do the same, then please use the link on the show notes page where you can leave your own review. This episode is made possible by you, the listener, and also our sponsor, WordPerfect VA. Grammar geeks, punctuation pedants, and spelling specialists WordPerfect VA is my go-to solution for whenever I want website copy written or reviewed. In fact, you can thank them for the show notes that accompany this episode. I used to do it all myself, but now I just send them the audio and they do all the hard work for me. It's great to have someone who has a way with words when you run your own business. And like many businesses, you may rely on a website to explain what you do and the services that you offer. Your website is the front face of your business online, a virtual shop window. It's incredibly important then that the first impression a potential client gets when looking at your shop window is a pleasing one. But did you know that 85% of your website visitors' judgment is influenced by that first impression? If they spot bad grammar or a lack of attention to the content, subconsciously the quality of your business will be judged, just like a grimy shop window and those visitors will quickly move on to your competitor's site. 
If you'd like some copy written for your website or publication, and you're a business owner or author, check out WordPerfect VA. The link is on our show notes page. But let's talk about today, because today I've got another brilliant guest for you. And this is a bit of an indulgence for me. Today we're going to be talking about young people in business. I really am passionate about young people getting involved in businesses and being the, the future for all of us. My guest today is Mark Sexton of Essex Work Skills. Mark is a friend of mine and he's a member of my mastermind group. It's been probably coming on two years now, I think. Um, and he's been doing some amazing work. I'm really proud to be associated with him. In fact, I'm going on one of his activities that like do some mock interviews for young people in schools. As I record this, it's a couple of days off of me going on and uh, being part of his events. I'm looking forward to that. But I know he does some amazing work with young people, schools and businesses. I'll let Mark explain a little bit more about what that is and how that works in a bit. But let me just say that your first hires are essential. You really don't want to be getting them wrong. I do believe that the first maybe five, six people in your business can make it or break it. And the trouble is that whilst we might want really experienced people in our business, experience is is really useful, isn't it? The trouble is it can make those first hires very expensive. And more importantly, all the experience in the world is not going to matter one thing if the attitude isn't right. You can teach skills, you can give experience, but it's very hard for you to change an attitude. There are more and more ways to bring young people into your business now, whether it's going to be your first hire or an apprenticeship or some kind of intern. There really are some options for you that will both give you an affordable way to bring someone new into your business and at the same time get someone started on their career. So today is very much about the perspective of hiring young people. And uh, we'll be talking to Mark about that. And uh, we'll be doing a follow-up episode of this later in the year. Uh, this is something that Mark suggested in the interview. I think it's a great idea. We will be doing that. But for now, let me give you Mark Sexton as we talk about young people in business. Morning, Clive. Good morning. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you too, Mark. What you do is absolutely phenomenal. And businesses really looking for new talent all the time. And the traditional route is you go out and you... You know, you find people who have had experience in one area or the other. And I think it's very easy to overlook young people coming into the workplace. But nowadays, there's so many more opportunities with apprenticeships and things like that. Uh, and, you know, I'm seeing more and more people engage uh, in this. And it used to be more traditional that you would, you would bring young people in as apprenticeships. Um, but you're doing some really interesting stuff to prepare people uh, to work with with businesses these days. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing and uh, so that people can get some context about what Essex Work Skills is about. Right. Well, thank you, Clive. Yeah. Um, broadly speaking, there's an area of um, the school curriculum, school and college curriculum called work related learning. And schools have a responsibility, not only if, from an educational point of view, but also from a psychological and personal development point of view. To, to get young people in a position where they can access the best opportunities, pick the right route into either further or higher education and employment uh, for them. And our role at Essex Work Skills is to provide what I call uh, temporary resource solutions for schools to help them to do that. So we do that um, in large numbers. Normally, the, the events we run in schools will, will typically feature at least 100 to 120 students at a time. Uh, it can even be whole year groups, so you might be talk talking 
250 to 300 uh, youngsters at a time. But this is the, what we're doing is, is the additional extracurricular, co-curricular kind of stuff, which is just so important for personal development of, of youngsters. And if you just look at all the great inventions, all the great developments that almost over history have taken place, they're all, all done by people under the age of 30. So, um, you know, to ignore the talent of young people is to stare history in the face and ignore it. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? As I said at the start, there's the, the temptation to think we, we've got to go out and find somebody really experienced. And experience is great. I mean, let's not knock experience. But what you've also got is if you're looking for, say, the younger generation, then they can bring in new ideas that perhaps we'd never thought of before. Yeah. They are the generation of the future, so they're going to be the consumers of the future. And, of course, you've got that energy and that passion that sometimes you can't find in an experienced employee. Yeah. And, you know, our job as, as a brokerage organisation as well is to make sure that it's not just the people of my generation or even just the one below that are informing the youngsters. It's to encourage employers with young employees of their own to also get involved so that the information flow is much more age relevant so ideally for me our interviewers which over the years have traditionally been 40 plus i would say um, because they have the expertise and the experience and maybe the opportunity to volunteer and work alongside but ideally i'd love to see um, as we did last week a, a mock interview day young solicitors coming in and guiding young people through a, a process that they've more recently been through so it's much more relevant so you know what we do is try and embrace the whole of the world of business age from an age range point of view and get people from 20 to 65 involved in supporting the development of young people and you get the best of all worlds in my opinion from getting the information from from that range of people yeah yeah so this is all about talent isn't it it's about bringing young talent into your business yeah. uh, and helping them perform. So your role is very much about preparing them for the world of work. I think there's the emotional, there's the practical, uh, there's, the pro there's the process, if it, it you know, we, we try and explain processes to young people and the importance of uh, paying attention to detail, for instance. You know, when you complete an application form, or you speak to someone, just think about either the messages you're sending either on paper or verbally. Um, you know, what are you presenting? What are you projecting? So we try and get young people to understand that. Um, we also try and give young people some space to start thinking about themselves as individuals. Uh, education is kind of a block. You know, you have tutor groups, you have year groups and, and until the age of maybe 15 or 16, youngsters get moved on in blocks of people. But at 16 or 17, they have to become their own individual. And they have to start thinking as somebody who's going to make their own way in the world rather than as part of a group. Um, yeah. So that's what we also try and do, uh, is to provide space, encourage schools to provide space for youngsters to do that thinking and that planning. Um, because one of the challenges in schools is time. I mean, there's possibly... 30 hours of teaching that's required in a 25-hour week and teachers are stressed and resources are, uh, are you know are also stretched so trying to persuade people in schools and education to provide that time and space to youngsters is vital in my opinion absolutely yeah it is and i think the thing is perhaps there's something to get onto in a moment is that 
school seems to be all about academic achievement and that that's important for a number of reasons but it doesn't seem to cover everything that young people need in order to be ready for the world of work yeah i kind of want to dig into this a little bit with you but before we do can it just perhaps if you could just give us more of an understanding about how exactly you work so what happens is it you you stand up at an assembly and you talk to people what do you do yeah. how, how does it work okay in, in, in practical terms um schools and colleges are our customers um we we have to persuade them to um, purchase and use our services there's no public funding available uh, for us in, in this space um so we can we we can go and speak to whole year groups or you know groups of youngsters in an assembly format in a workshop type format um either in an advisory kind of capacity or as an instructional information sharing uh, role yeah. um, we organize a, a series of events a number of events in our portfolio which are business simulation activities or enterprise days or competitions whereby youngsters get experience of working in 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 groups and, and developing those softer skills a problem you know having a problem to solve normally business related um, learning how to communicate with each other and with others uh, working with you know, under some time pressure um, and literally coming up at the end of a whole day's activity uh, that have started with, with a blank sheet of paper and a brief and they'll, at the end they'll, they'll have done a presentation and a radio script and some financial forecasting and they'll have worked as a group, you know, so it's just demonstrating how, the, how they can um, work with maybe new people and one of the best bits of feedback we ever got was from a young lady at a school who said that as part of her feedback, the best part about today was that I made a new friend. So schools are so big that sometimes people in a year group of 250 will just float around and never see a hundred people of their own age. And they just won't ever know <laughs> that they might actually know or like this person. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a social aspect to what we do as well. Um, so we do that. We organize mock interview days. So that's where we would encourage youngsters to prepare for a an interview with a business volunteer uh, and as i said before that's part of that space giving to young people half an hour with someone like yourself or somebody else who's got ex experience in the world of work just for the young people to talk about themselves and get practice in, in in communicating which i think is the single biggest and most valuable employability skill that there is is the ability to communicate so so that's what we do in terms of working in and around schools. We also do some consultancy work. We engage with businesses and we try and do a lot of persuading and cajoling and encouraging of them to um, to get involved with what we're doing. And I, try, I, I always focus on the talent ID. Get involved with your local school. Um, have conversations with people uh, in faculties or, or areas where students may be already showing aptitude and interest in your business, you know an easy way it's, it's it's you know if you're an engineering firm you want to be talking to the science team at your local high school and saying hey you know in two years time we might be looking for this do you have anybody in school that you think would really you know help us out and just have that conversation have that dialogue and that's what we try and facilitate as well brilliant what kind of ages are you working with then mark um traditionally it's uh, years 10 and upwards uh, so 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, although recent government policy is encouraging a lot more employer engagement with 
younger students, uh, certainly down to year seven, which is 10, 12, uh, sorry, 11 and 12. But even they're talking about back, backing it into primary schools so that children of seven, eight, nine, ten are starting to get a sense of what the world of work just means, really. What are they aiming for? You know, what, what, is, what are the possibilities out there? So uh, 14 to 19, traditionally, backing up to 11, and then maybe over the next five or 10 years, they'll start to do more work in primary age uh, environments. Right, brilliant. Now, before we got going on this interview, you and I were talking about the traditional route into employment and yeah. the, the traditional path through life. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? And, you know, what's wrong with that traditional view? The traditional view is, I, I, see, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't describe it as wrong because it will apply to a lot of young people, a lot of people generally. They will go to school. We're all obliged to stay in education or a job with a training element till 18, which has changed over the years from, I mean, my dad, when he left school at 14 and then there was 15 was the school leaving age and then 16 and 17 and now it's 18. Um, so, and schools have yet to come up, or the system has yet to come up with a better way of measuring academic progress and school performance than exams, has it really? Um, yeah. You know, you'd imagine that it wouldn't be on the, if it's, if the wit of man could have thought of something better or different, it would have done by now. But so it, it continues to go down a route where it measures the progress of young people by dint of the number of GCSEs they might get, or the, then the number of qualifications in um, in key stage five like a levels or btex but clearly the world has moved on from a, an environment where people leave school at whatever age walk in you know find a job almost any job and this is a challenge i think we've convinced ourselves that we can find the right job sooner um rather than take any job for the experience I mean, yeah. I was just grateful to get to work, you know, <laughs> find somebody who would pay me a wage to learn stuff. Um, I get the sense that employers are a bit more demanding now of they were more fully formed employees at a younger age. Everyone's life is mapped out differently. You know, the, 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 the chronological, you must do this at 11, you must do this at 16, you must do this at 18. It's just frankly flawed from a scientific point of view, isn't it? Um, there are some 18-year-old people who are really 12 emotionally, and there are 16-year-old people who are 23 or 24 emotionally. You see that all the time. So to ask them to do the same exam at the same time makes no sense, does it? No, exactly. The, th the thing is, it, it's difficult enough for young people. You know, they're trying to find their place in life. And yeah. some people, like my sister, uh, I've got a twin sister, and she knew right from a very, uh, from very early age what it was that she wanted to do. She wanted to be a nurse. And right from maybe 10, 12, she knew that. And her whole career went that way. She had sense of purpose, and that was great. Mm. She's done very well for herself. Me, I hadn't got a clue. Yeah. I really didn't. And I look at my boys, and my, my oldest, he went to university and struggled in universities. He has, he has Asperger's. And, yeah. uh, you know, he struggled with university life. I went to university. Again, this is the traditional route, isn't it? You go to college, and you go to university. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I went to university because I thought, well, that's what you do. And I studied chemistry and I got one semester into it and realized, do you know what? I'm going to be hopeless at this. I hate it. It's not <clears> me. Um, you know, I miss my family. And I ended up dropping out after one semester feeling I was the dropout. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and of course, what does that look like to employers? 
I think the the whole system is I wouldn't say it's broken, but people. I, are, I think are, there has to be a much greater acceptance that uh, not succeeding is not failure. <laughs> yeah. Um, or it's not permanent failure, or it's not a measurement of what um, what is likely, what could happen in the future. Um, I saw Will Smith. Will Smith's got this great little video out at the moment where he talks about you have to be prepared to fail, you know. And the school system doesn't make much allowance for that, does it? In my view, no. Uh, it's it is all about academic. Let's get a, let's be honest here. This is not about criticizing teachers or whatever they're doing. Absolutely you know, not. They do. A, they do a phenomenal job, and having tried to be a teacher myself, and and not and finding it an enormously challenging experience, um, uh, then I have every not sympathy. It's not the right word. They don't want my sympathy, but that, you know they have my enormous respect. If they can, in the face of all the challenges, if they can pull young people up from wherever they started, and the value added that many schools add is, you know, it is a measure that the government try and try and calculate and. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's always based on on exam or SATs results at year eleven. So um, it yeah. may be fundamentally flawed to start with uh, the way they measure. But you know, the, the challenges that teachers and people working in schools face are enormous, absolutely enormous. And the relentless nature of school life—bell, you know, an hour stop, do something different; another hour, do something different. Um, challenging on all fronts. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so if we can really make things easier for young people to get to work, I mean, th that would be one thing, isn't it? What we can do to, to, to make it easier for young people to transition into work. What, can, what would you say is the answer to that? As employers looking for young people who might, might be the talent that we want to bring into our organisation? Um, my, my general sense, mate, is to... Um, be more optimistic about youngsters' ability. I've, I've been involved in this kind of industry or sector for 12 years now, and more often than not, the older generation are pleasantly surprised by the quality or the calibre of the youngsters. I think it's easy to, to, to get the sense that, you know, or that they they don't have innate ability they don't have innate talents and, and i think if you if you approach everything from the presumption of okay well i'm going to walk i'm going to walk into this school or college and i'm going to presume that they are i'm going to find exactly what i want they, then employers would engage much more optimistically with the whole system and the whole process and they wouldn't it, it's almost slightly condescending i see this quite a bit oh well they were much better than i thought they were well Maybe your your original starting point was wrong, not their ability. I, I don't know if I'm making that clear. Is that um, more often than not, we'd, if we'll do large scale mock interview days, and more often than not, the the adults in the room will be, oh well, they were much better than I thought they were going to be. Uh, rather than, oh, they were much worse than I thought they were going to be. That very rarely happens, you know. So. I'm convinced that young people are as, as aspirational as wanting to do well as any now as in any generation before, probably more so. Yeah, I would agree with that actually, and I think that sometimes there is the the temptation to label young people like we we label everybody, don't we? We we all yeah. make judgments all the time, and and often not those judgments are are, are very wrong. Um, and so it's very easy to look at a young person and think, well, like they've got no experience, uh, they don't know what it's like to to be in the world of work. 
they're lazy. You know, we make all these judgments all the time. And I suppose it's true of some people. Well, it is true of some people, but it would be true of a group of 100 adults as well. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I was trying to teach and, and trying to learn how to teach, that, you know, I was always told to look for the light. You know, it's very, very difficult. You know, sometimes if you have a class of 30 and two or three scallywags that are kind of trying to mess it up for everyone else, then it's very hard not to focus all your energy and attention on those three uh, on those three, and ignore the other 27. Just, you know, in the broad picture, accept that most people, most young people, most of the time are trying to do the best they can with whatever they've got. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I certainly know that a lot, a lot of young people that I've come into, into contact with, there's an extraordinary amount of talent going on there. I used to run Essex County Council's NVQ, or used to be at least part of that process of running their NVQ and apprenticeships. Mm. And uh, the amount of talent that was coming through, young people with different ideas who often brought in new things, new ways of looking at things. So I just think about our friend Tony, who's uh, uh, yeah. brought a young person into his business. And honestly, you, you could not have wanted for a better person to represent his business yeah and that, that's a sort of case study the sort of example that needs to be highlighted really um and it would be really fascinating to get uh, chloe isn't it i think her name and um to, to kind of do a little podcast with her and, and ask her about her experience and and the benefits she's getting out of working with tony and and, and learning learning and earning um now don't get me wrong we need uh university master's level phd level scientists and doctors i don't want a gcse student with a d grade in biology operating on my foot for instance so i do you know you do need people who've learned stuff and understand uh, the way things work but uh, now um you know chloe's a classic example of someone who's really embraced the opportunity that tony's given her and um that's it's been brilliant for, on both sides i think yeah absolutely absolutely it's been a, a really Good partnership for the both. Yeah. Now, one of the things that, uh, of course, a lot of businesses are engaging with right now is, is CSR, yep. Corporate Social Responsibility. Now, for those people who don't know what CSR is, what is it, Mark? Um, well, it's, it, it's a commitment by, as I understand it, a commitment by companies and in, or individuals to um, engage with their local community you know to act in a responsible way be that environmentally be that uh, from a charitable point of view <clears throat> so it's a formalized excuse me it's a formalization of a process uh, i think which requires um, employees normally of larger companies to act in a certain way to devote and uh, donate time and effort um, into certain causes for the betterment of all really um, there's a certain element of guerrilla marketing about it, I suspect. <laughs> um, you know, this community outreach. A lot of things get badged up with community or charity when they're really marketing. Um, but be that as it may, if, if, if good is being done, then what it's called is neither here nor there, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And it, certainly, it seems to me that it could make a, a lot of sense. If you're a big business... If you're a big business, then you're going to be wanting about want to be thinking about attracting lots of new talent into your business. But let's face it, for most small businesses, they don't want loads and loads of talent. They just want one or two Number people. One. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. We just start with one, and, and maybe at some point there'll be another one. But you know, so we, we kind of don't need that so much. So it's not about bringing an influx of people into our business. 
why else then would we for, for, for small business I, I think um it, it's it's slight it's a slightly harder slightly harder to see the the, the corporate and commercial benefits <clears throat> of, of of engaging as a volunteer with the sort of activities that we do but i think from a um a personal pop uh, point of view and a networking point of view i mean the events that we we run typically will have 20 to 25 business owners or employers or employees in the room so there's definitely benefits to to talk around with other people um you know so it's a networking opportunity when you're not interviewing for instance the youngsters but it is all about you know promoting your business into the schools market they are large purchasers of services in their own right um you can engage with different departments or faculties in schools um as, as a small business um you can even win business i mean as a friend of ours anthony burrell who you know who supported an event for us um, um anglo-european um I think he was a judge at an enterprise competition that we ran and he had a conversation with a member of staff who invited him to a careers fair and he tells me that as a result of he went along to represent his 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 uh, accountancy practice and he picked up a ten thousand pound order on the basis of a parent who was at that event saw him needed his services and that turned into a very useful piece of business so it is a way of literally getting out there getting your brand out there um and you know Parents are not just parents, they're business owners in their own right. So there are lots of ways of uh, finding benefit, uh, you know, to just getting out there, getting a brand out there uh, and letting people know that, you, you know, you're around as a small business. Absolutely. So this isn't just about going out and looking good. Let's not be dishonest about this. At the end of the day, companies are always thinking about their brand. You mentioned brand. Earlier on this week, I released the interview with Nick Crow. Um, yep. from Mainsail, and of course he was talking about brand. And brand is really important. If you're out there, you know, and, and connecting with people, you want to think about like, what do people want to know about your company? Mm. And if you're somebody who's out there, who's community-minded, who's thinking ahead, who's progressive, uh, you know, engaging with the community, then that, that just can't do you any damage at all as a yeah. business. It's got to, it's got no, to I mean one of our biggest supporters in the Chelmsford area for our events is a solicitor's firm called Hill and & Abbott and they've been fantastic for us over a number of years and although I've not heard and I don't have definitive proof I don't think there's any way that when the schools that they engage with and have engaged with say Molsham High School for instance when somebody at Molsham High School thinks of oh I need a solicitor or I need somebody to they're not that they won't be thinking about Hill and Abbott first because they've been in the school, they've supported their young people, and they've helped the whole process. So, it, you know, and so you hope there is some commercial benefit for for their largesse. Um, and, and although I can't prove it, I, I, you know, I, I need to go maybe do some try and get some get some proof to that effect and see whether, yeah. whether it's turned into some real real business for them. But uh, it's. There's a friend of mine at Billericay School, Phil Cass, the, the guy who, who looks after this type of work there, and he uses this expression all the time, it's just the right thing to do. And um, yeah. there have been times when this, you know, certain schools like Billericay have, have kind of found themselves in this dilemma of time and resources and what do we do? And Phil just says, we're going to do this event because for the young people it's the right thing to do. And uh, he, he just has that ability to take the, the, the slightly macro view of everything rather than 
micromanage everything. He just knows, he knows intuitively in his own mind that these events work, that they're the right thing for the youngsters. And, and um, when they send their youngsters out to an interview, as opposed to youngsters from a school that haven't had our experience, Phil knows that it's more likely that his youngsters will succeed uh, over the others. So, um, and it, that's, we, we've been working with them for 12 years now. So uh, I guess that's enough proof that they must think it works uh, for um, their youngsters. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm coming on one of your interviews. I mean, you did a mock interview day on the 26th of April, isn't it? So 26th of April, we're going down to um, Castleview School on Canby Island. One of our favourite schools, to be fair. Um, only, and referring back to the overachievement, uh, you know, uh, we're always well looked after down there. Um, and the students um, down there always rise to the occasion, always take it seriously. And our, our interviewers always have a great time. So um, we're really looking forward to that event uh, on the 26th of April. Yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Uh, what would you say to anybody else who's thinking like, you know, perhaps they'd like to get involved in this kind of thing? What would your advice be? Well, clearly, um, if they would like to volunteer time and effort to, uh, to support our activities, we'd be extraordinarily grateful. But uh, it's often best to try and use a brokerage approach. So someone like our company who are used to dealing with, with the right individual in schools um, and, it, and we can provide warmer introductions, I guess. But, Schools are very, very keen to accept um, well-intentioned, well-meaning, it kind of knocks on the door, really, you know, how can we help? I think the advice I would give people is always think that, uh, how are you going to support what the school is currently already trying to do, rather than overlay your personal construct over what you think should happen? If you can work more, slightly more collaboratively, and I've seen it quite a few times, you know, someone has a, an idea about something and they go, well, this needs to happen in schools and they, and they get very aggressive and uh, that's not going to make the, the process go well. So that, that's why I, the, the, brokerage, the, the brokerage that we can provide kind of smooths it on both sides, really. I can manage expectations on both sides. Um, schools, at the end of the day, have, have targets to meet, they have results to get and they have key performance indicators of their own. So uh, you have to acknowledge that that is a, a situation that's not going to change. Yeah, um, but there are ways of working around it. You know. Absolutely. And if somebody's in the Essex area and they want to get involved with you, Mark, how do they do that? How do they do that? Well, they can um, uh, look check our website, which is www.essexworkskills.co.uk. Uh, they can call me uh, on oh one three seven six three one three double nine nine, or they can email me at mark at essexworkskills.co.uk. Um, and I'd be delighted to talk to anybody uh, about how they can get involved and how we can help them, you know, engage with education productively. It, it is an educate. We are an education business partnership organisation. So um, it's all about making sure that it works on both sides and isn't just one sided. It isn't a one sided relationship. So what I'll do is I'll make sure that I'll get your your link to link to the website uh, SS Work Skills up on the website. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for doing that. You know, like I think, you know, what I would say actually is that, you know, I, I'm not the expert here. You definitely are. Get involved. I'm going to take part in some interviews for Mark. And all I hear all the time is not just this is a great thing to do for the community, for young people. Absolutely. And you should. At the end of the day, businesses, I believe, have a responsibility to make an impact that is wider than their bottom line. 
You know, I think that we're all here for a reason. I think most of us, you know, most people listening to this right now will, will realize that, you know, they've set up their business because they want to make an impact in the world. And here's your chance to make an impact. And, mm. you know, I think that, you know, what I hear again and again is how rewarding this is, both for young people and for yourselves. So, Mark, hats off to you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And for anybody else out there doing something similar, I think it's brilliant. Thanks for being here, Mark. Thank you, Clive. Thanks for the opportunity. It's been a delight talking to you. And, uh, you know, we look forward to, you know, give, giving you an enjoyable experience, uh, you know, in our next month. Um, because if life's not fun, there's not much point, is there? So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, enjoyment is as important as anything else, as, as important as the expertise or the information or whatever. Enjoyment and enthusiasm uh, is what we want. Because as employers tell me all the time, attitude over aptitude all the time. So, um, you know, that's something else that we like to encourage young people to think about, you know, is, is their attitude. So, um, uh, yeah, thanks very much, Clive. Really appreciated you doing this and taking time out of your day to, uh, to do this. Such a lot of fun talking to Mark Sexton there. I don't know if you picked it up, but actually Mark is a really funny guy. I mean, I know we had quite a serious conversation today. But Mark is somebody who's always made me laugh and he's very, very generous. So it's kind of no wonder really that he's ended up doing this amazing thing, working with schools and young people and businesses. Putting the three together, I think it's very smart and making a massive impact in people's lives. There's a point I want to bring to all of this discussion, and of course there is. What I want to do today is to get you thinking about how you can involve young people and bring new talent into your business. I know those first few hires can be tough. Finding someone who's going to make an impact in your business that will help you save time and represent your business well. Well, you really can't go far wrong by looking at apprenticeships and young people and seeing what talent lies there for you. Not looking, of course, older people in a workplace, but really it seems to me that young people often get overlooked. As I said at the start, this is an opportunity for you to bring new talent into your company at the same time starting someone's career. So I think that's a great thing to do. Great piece of advice that we picked up there in the interview that I hadn't really thought about, and that's about approaching schools and colleges if you're looking for talent. Actually having conversations with those educational institutes because there may well be some people who are just going to be absolutely ideal for your business. And I never really considered that they would be open to these kind of conversations. But particularly thinking about my son, who's doing a VQ at the moment, I know it's very much work orientated, what they're learning. And so I understand as well that colleges want to have an engagement with businesses. They want to make people work ready. And I think that's brilliant. If you want to find Mark or links to anything mentioned in the show today, it's all available on the show notes page. You'll find that at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 32. We will be doing a follow-up episode to this. I really liked Mark's suggestion about speaking to, uh, whether it's going to be Chloe or some other young person, about their experience coming into business. We're looking to do a podcast later this year on how best to prepare and induct your new employees. And so we'll, uh, we'll make sure that we get some guests on there that are going to give um, some good practical advice. And by the way, I really want to hear your thoughts about this. Do you have an apprentice? Are you thinking about bringing a young person into your business? Is this going to be your first hire? Do you have a team already? Or is this something you're looking to do in the future? Wherever you're at, I want to find out. Now, the best way that you can do that is to come and join me on my Facebook group. 
It's called Earning the Right. It's absolutely free. Again, the link is on the show notes page at getreallyaboutbusiness.com forward slash 32. And you can come and join me and Mark Sexton there and tell us your thoughts. When you do, just come along and mention the hashtag Young Apprentice. So that's hashtag Young Apprentice. When you come along and you mention that, then I'll know exactly where you come from. And this is brilliant evidence that you listen to the end of the show. So good job on you. I'll be back next time on the Get Real About Business podcast. And I'll be answering a really popular question that's been coming up in the community. And that question is all about burnout. What do you do when you hit a wall? How do you cope with burnout? I'll be answering that question in the next podcast. Until then, take care of yourself. We'll see you next time. Here's to you and your highly successful business.